episode 70. 70. 70. Oh, I'll offbeat tracks. Mm-hmm. Not a superlative. Can right. we throw you that curveball? That's right, because we did the raunchy songs last week. So this week, we got uh, another treat for you talking about um, a group that I love very, very, very much. Uh, this would be Philadelphia slash New York's own Book of Love. Yes. Like, Sophista Pop, that works. Sophista Synth Pop. Sophista Synth Pop. Sophista Dance Pop. Yes. Yeah, okay, mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. So here's a little background on Book of Love. Um, they were formed in Philadelphia in 1983, sort of. <laughs> and I say sort of because um, two of their members... Um, Ted and Susan, and this is this is my favorite bit of trivia about Book of Love. I when I learned this ten years ago, I was like, "What?" Um, their last name is Ottaviano. Very common. But they are not related, nor are they married. Imagine like going to grade, and they've known each other since grade school. So imagine like another kid with your very weird last name showing up in your grade school class. Like you'd have to be friends, right? Yeah. I don't know. It's a, anyway, very yeah, strange. Yeah, I always thought until I was doing research for this that they had to be like brother and sister because nope. they knew each other for forever. They are not but related. No, Ottaviano, super common name. So Susan and Ted Ottaviano, the unrelated Ottavianos, uh, went to school together in Connecticut. Um, and then Susan trotted off to the Philadelphia School of Arts where she met um, Jade, uh, Jade Lee. Um, and they actually got into a band together. Did you know this? No, but I love the name of it. (laughs) (laughs) They were in a band called Head Cheese. I love it a lot. (laughs) Um, I'm going to play a little clip of Head Cheese here because uh, I actually was able to find the songs from this EP. And they're very cute. Um, I'm going to play a little clip of one called Jungle Jam. Philly is a jungle. It's a jungle. A jungle. 13th Street is a jungle. It's a jungle. So yeah, it was like this kind of um, Philadelphia is a really cool city and we're cool people because we're in Philadelphia and we go to art school in Philadelphia. Yeah, Jungle Jam. So that's kind of Jungle Jam. That's basically Jungle Jam. I just did the song for you. Um, they, um, Ted was not in Philadelphia, but he did do the, um, he did like, he co-wrote one of the songs and he like shot the photographs that they used like on the single art hmm. for this. So he was like involved in this. So three of the four of them were involved on that that little head and cheese like Ted, record. Ted was in art school in New York, Correct. Right? And this was 1983. So mm-hmm. Ted is in art school in New York and he meets Lauren Roselli there. And they get together and Ted pulls Lauren from New York and they get Susan and she's like, well, I got my buddy Jade here. Susan pulls Jade. They go to New York and that's where Book of Love properly forms in mm-hmm. uh, 1983, late 1983. Um, they took their name from uh, the song by the Monotones. Um, they just thought it sounded cool. They said they weren't particularly a fan of Ted. According to Ted, they, they didn't like love that song or whatever. They just liked the way Book of Love sounded. It does sound cool. So yeah, um, after graduation, Jade, Susan, pick up, move to NYC and Book of Love finally properly forms. They start writing um, music. And one of the first um, songs that they write is Boy. Um, Way to hit it out of the park right? on like the first try. On the first try. And this is one of their best songs. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know it was their like one of their first. Mm-hmm. I always thought it was like kind of they had to have had some real shit before that. And then they figured it out. It, boy, no, they were just like, got it. They got discovered by giving their uh, recording of Boy to Ivan Ivan, who had just done the Dominatrix Sleeps Tonight. And he was like mm-hmm. a famous DJ. So they got Ivan Ivan a copy of Boy. And he's the one who kind of got them their their record deal. Um, they also, um, at some point in their club pl- performance days, uh, met Depeche Mode, because I guess that's just a thing that can happen. You can just meet Depeche Mode. It's the 80s. And it's weird. Depeche Mode asked Book of Love to open for them on their Some Great Reward tour. So they did. 
Um, yeah. They they uh, they toured for I think the majority of of the Depeche Mode tour with mm-hmm. them. But yeah, boy, what a great song, boy is right. It's so good. I don't know, like. I want to be where the boys are, but I'm not allowed. Like, it's that kind of, I don't know, it's like gender bending. And yeah, it's, it's like, like multiple interpretations, right? Like stuff you don't hear. When it's coming from Susan, it's kind of, it's like, it's um, it could be like a, a penis envy kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Or it could be like uh, a fuck the patriarchy kind of a thing. Or mm-hmm. if you consider that Ted wrote the song, it could also be, I don't really fit in with masculine men. You know, he's using boy like masculine men, maybe. But I did notice uh, my, my hole in that theory um, when they perform it live that um, when she says, I'm not a boy, Ted does his background vocals. He says, I'm not a girl. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed that. but <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, like I think one of the things that I really love about Book of Love and it's super at its best here is like a really fun, like synth pop beat. The tubular bells are cool and the vocal delivery is just like so monotone and not that. And I love that dichotomy with them because their lyrics are super serious. They're super sophisticated, poppy, serious stuff that I would hate if it were not presented in the way that the music <laughs> is in the background. And I love that about Book of Love. Like They are just like, watching their live performance is amazing. It's like, they, they're what I want to see in a, in a synth pop band, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's no drummer. Jade is back there thrashing around on drum machines. And you're right, Susan has this very unique, like, very low vocal delivery. And they do love the tubular bells. They kind of keep this churchy, gothy thing going through, through the career. It totally, it totally works. They own it. Boy, by the way, a number seven hit on the dance charts in the United mm-hmm. States. Um, they would pretty much only chart on dance charts, except for one song, which we'll get to in just a bit. Um, I Touch Roses uh, was a number eight hit on the dance charts. Um, the, I don't have much to say about this song musically. I mean, I like it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, um, I think I mean, it's a beautiful like song. Those. Love the cover art. Um, that's the other thing, too. When you get like these these people who are like art school kids, like all their single art is really good. <laughs> Like really, really good. About that. Yeah, all the al- all the album stuff. It's all like this stuff is worth owning physical copies of. Like go back and buy the original stuff because the art is all really beautiful in it. They did a fantastic job with it. Um, but I love that this song um, appears on the soundtrack to American Psycho. Yeah, they have a lot of soundtrack songs. <laughs> Otherwise, a terrible movie. <laughs> okay. But this song is in it for like forty five seconds. Yeah, so. it feels magical. This song just kind of feels magical. It's the bells. I think it's just yes. it makes it work. And the fact that the word magical appears in it. That is true. Times. But it does feel that way, though. It feels that way without the lyric. So it was after these first two singles were released that Book of Love finally gets their debut album out in 1986. Um, I believe they finished the album in late 85. They they realized they basically had like a collection of songs mm-hmm. and were like, OK, well, it's time to chill and, re- you know, write an album, finish the rest of this album, and round it out. So they did. Um, they released it in 1986. It did not chart, never charted on the on the Billboard 200. 
Um, the next single they put out from it was You Make Me Feel So Good. This is the first time I think that we'll hear um, like this 1960s pop, jangle pop music influence that I think would be more prevalent in their later work. Mm-hmm. But this is the first time we kind of hear that, oh, yeah, we really are into 60s pop. Yeah, I mean, it's super boppy. It's got a very boppy feel to it. For some reason, anytime I hear it, I just, I see Molly Ringwald in my head. It's just so, it just sounds so what I think of that time. I don't know. It just sounds that way. And also, um, on the 12-inch mix, Jelly Bean did a remix of it. Oh, yeah, he did. Which actually sounds very Jelly Bean, the whole thing. It does. So it's like perfect for him. But anytime I can talk about Jelly Bean, I'm going to do it. favorite book of love song i figured you would love this song yeah this is my fave um modigliani lost in your eyes uh, a number 17 hit on the dance charts in the u.s um appeared on soundtracks including miami vice Mm -hmm. and planes trains and automobiles if you've ever seen that steve martin i have that on vinyl by the way that all of the miami vices nice vinyl i don't know is it on the is it actually on the lp it's on or did it was it just in the show there were like a few of the different ones i think i have like three of them it's on one of them it's not on the first one i don't think it's on the second one but yeah it's like they just have it's like a greatest hits album but it's just Hmm. bill collins mostly (laughs) (laughs) so um amedio modigliani i'm gonna mispronounce his name because i don't because i don't i don't tell yeah you do the italian stuff (laughs) um he was uh, an italian jewish painter from the early 1900s of course again we're talking kids from art school very artsy it is very art school Mm. um and I guess they were just fans of his. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Um, I translated the Italian lyrics that she sings right at the very end. Uh, turns out it translates to your eyes. They made me fall in love. Yeah, apparently I meant to write this down, but I figured it was so weird when I read this last night that like I would remember it, but I don't remember it. But it was like, a, <laughs> like it's a, there was, Modigliani has this weird like story about his death and like how he became famous. And I was like, oh, that's why they wrote a song about him. Apparently they were fascinated by his life. And it's probably on the internet, which is where I found it. Hmm. Mo Giuliani. Okay. Well, let's roll the clip and then we'll figure out what's going on. Okay, so we did the did a little recon here. Um, the single art of Modigliani yeah. um, is a painting that the real Modigliani did of his mistress, whose name was uh, Jean um, Hebutern, I think cool. is how you pronounce her name. That sounds like um, something I've heard. Who apparently was so devastated by his unexpected death that she killed herself um, the next day. And mm. she was pregnant with his child. So maybe let's just not include this in the episode. Because that's kind of sad. 
But I mean, it's all about like the art. And then I think he became famous yeah, okay. after he died. You're right. And, worth noting. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll like dignify her. You know what? She was important hobby. to them. You're right. Yeah. I mean, like it's, yeah. And apparently also on the cover art in the back, they had like the Modigliani painting, but then they all did portraits of themselves in the style of Modigliani because they're in art school. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so one more song I wanted to talk about from the debut record is Book of Love, which mm-hmm. was like not really a title track. It's just the name of the band, but also the name it's of this song. song. Yeah. Again, we hear we hear this 60s pop influence, right? Yeah. Just I mean, like it's... that melody is very jangle pop. It's very like signed in your book of love. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like to me, it kind of came. I mean, I like it. It's fun and it's whatever. And I love when a band has a theme song. I love it. But like the lyrics to me are like super creepy it's a little svu episode uh might be because i watch a lot of svu but i don't know it's just kind of like i don't know put you in my book of love is like creepy to me (laughs) because someone said that to me i'd be like let me call let me call detective benson uh yeah i I don't know (laughs) exactly how many others are in this book are we talking (laughs) yeah are we talking like are we talking a pamphlet or is this like are there volumes (laughs) hopefully it's not just like one little page and it's just <laughs> you. That would be the worst. Yeah. About this time, they went on tour with Depeche Mode again for the Black Celebration Tour. Um, And after the Black Celebration Tour ended, they went on their own little leg of a club tour in late 1986. And then, again, they buckled down and said, oh, crap, we should probably start writing our second album. (laughs) It's crazy how you forget. (laughs) They got to work on that. And in 1988, we got Lullaby, Mm -hmm. which was uh, their next uh, release. And this one actually charted number 156 in the United States. Supported first and foremost by the single Tubular Bells slash Pretty Boys and Pretty Girls. And I think um, it might be worth deconstructing these two parts of this same single um, separately, even though they were released as like one long track. Mm -hmm. So the Tubular Bells portion of this, they take the theme from The Exorcist and basically make it a really, really cool club song. Yeah. And it's fun. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. They put little clips from the movie in there. Yeah. This is badass. We used to throw this in rotation on the radio station at uh, Halloween time. And I always think about it around this time of year. We talked about it in our Halloween episode. You put it in your Halloween song. Indeed. So Pretty Boys and Pretty Girls is kind of like the second half of of this single. Um, this is about, uh, it's about gay people. It's about the AIDS scare. Yep. Um, I love a song about AIDS. Yeah. Um, and it's a really, really, it's kind of about how gay people are being blamed for AIDS at this point. Yes. Um, and about how they're being, it's kind of in the same vein as, um, um, oh, why is the name escaping me? George Michael. I want your sex. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like people being told not to have sex unfairly 
Yeah, and it's also like that specter of if I, you know, go out and have sex, I got to think about how dangerous it is. Like now it's like there's this ghost hanging over everything mm-hmm. that used to not be there. So it's, yeah, I mean, it's kind of a heavy song. Yeah, the haunting vibe is very fitting, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. The title track Lullaby was also dropped as a single, um, and this uh, was their only <laughs> chart hit on the Hot 100. Isn't that weird? I don't know how. I don't. Um, I it, mean, it's fine. It's yeah, just so I, corny. I agree. I think it's. Um, I think it's kind of a forgettable song. <laughs> I think it super is too. Um, I mean, once you get to like the beat, once the beat starts up, it's better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's kind of that thing I love about Book of Love, where I'm like, I would hate everything about these lyrics if it didn't have this beat. It works. But I mean, this is like, this is the song where I think it works the least. Um, I feel. I feel like it's almost Erasure esque song. This this feels like it. Book of Love is very Erasure. And they actually toured together, by the way, like a year ago. Really? Yeah, they had, uh, or at least they had one show, like, last year, and I thought, like, when I saw that, it was, like, New Year's, uh, New Year's in New York, they had a show, and I thought about going to it, uh, and I should have. Word. But I was thinking, thinking yeah, I was like, I they're so similar. I would have liked to hear Erasure record Lullaby. I think that would have been interesting. Yeah. There's an album cut on Lullaby called Witchcraft. This may have been released as a single. I don't remember. Um, but this is kind of like their first really blatantly like goth moment, right? Yeah. I wish I would have known about this song. For yeah. A this, Halloween episode. This, this one. Year. This one would be good for Halloween playlist as well mm-hmm. if you're into that kind of thing. Yeah. It's just sort of this dark wave yeah. track that's cool. Yep. For Halloween. Mm-hmm. I really like Melt My Heart. They always did this one in their live sets for this tour. Um, again, I hear that 60s pop. It's so fun. It's influence. It's so fun. And also the lyrics are stupid again. <laughs> um, like it's just so dramatic. They're so dramatic. Yeah, but Book I'm of Love is very what. dramatic. I'll tell you what, though. The following line appealed to me a lot. And I actually really, really like it. <laughs> I know that this is crazy and not very smart. But I like the way it feels to have a melting heart. <laughs> I really like, like it's. Oh, I love it. Like I love these guys. Like, they're I just. I hate it, but I love it. They're so dramatic. Oh, I love it.
And just one more I wanted to talk about for this record, <laughs> Oranges and Lemons, just because I love this song. It's it's like kind of Kraftwerk-esque, right? It is. Uh, it's dramatic again. Um, These little synth, so much synthy imagery. bloops. Yeah. I, love, I mean, it's like if you're into a song that has, I mean, it's fun and there's so much imagery, you can take from it what you want. Yep. Um, just one other note, I'm not going to play a clip of With a Little Love, but With a Little Love on this record is the first time we actually get Ted singing um, in the group. And to record the um, organ on that song, they got the producer Flood to set up a whole recording session in St. John the Divine, a cathedral, and that's where they recorded the organ for that song. I so thought you were that's say, like, I thought you were say they got Bill Wolfer. No, but that's just like, <laughs> that's very them to like record yeah, an organ in a church, right? Yeah. Okay. So then, uh, <laughs> I, I don't have any better way to say what happened to Book of Love next, except the 90s happened. They happened to everybody. Yeah, they happened to everybody. And as we've learned on this show many times, some people take the 90s better than others. <laughs> um, Book of Love definitely was struggling with a 90s identity crisis because their sound fit in very well in, in the late 80s, mid and late 80s. And once the 90s hit, people were just kind of not into what they were doing. But... What's interesting is that they could have made, mm-hmm. they could have made a different transition, and their career could have been different. But I, you know what? I'll, we'll talk about that later. Let's well, talk about what their career actually was. So after struggling with recording for a couple of years, again, they they had some recording issues, and the, this album kept getting delayed. They wanted to have it out by Christmas, and then it ended up coming out early 1991. Um, their third album, Candy Carol. Um, this did actually chart. It hit number 174 on the <laughs> Billboard 200. So Take it did. that, Nirvana. Yeah, there you go. Um, and uh, it was supported by this this song, Alice Every Day, um, which was a number 27 hit on the dance charts. Um, definitely helped by remixes. Um, mm-hmm. I, I didn't hear those remixes that probably sounded okay. I, I just wrote, what the actual fuck is this? My, cat, ran my cat just ran through He's the room. Like, Apparently she agrees. Every day. Repeating a bunch of douchey lady names. Yeah. As for, I don't. I don't know what they're talking about. You know, I think uh, with a group, this they're getting kind of B-52s-esque here, don't you think? Yes, except. Because this sort of feels like, you know, the B-52s had a, had a great knack for like, if they were singing about something that was very clearly an inside joke. Or like just they were singing about a buddy of theirs. You felt like you were in on the joke too, right? You had Fred's voice though to make yeah. it fun. So like they were singing know. about a real place called the Love Shack. Nobody <laughs> knew what the love, you know, it was a tiny little place that they used to hang out I in. I feel like if Book of Love is delivering those lyrics, it's going to sound like, it's going to sound a little creepy and it's going to be like, Love Shack. And then you're but, like, oh shit, I'm going to die at the no, Love no. Shack. No, no, that's not what I'm talking about though. I think like Book of Love is probably talking about someone that they know. Oh, named Alice. Yeah, and I, and it just like it doesn't come across that way, though, is my point. Oh, I just okay. don't yeah, I don't think it, I don't think it works as well as when the beef. <laughs> I don't think it was effective. No, um, um, I mean, it's not like not fun to listen to. It's just a lot um, lyrically and it doesn't work anymore. Alice every day brings sunshine to my house most every day. Friend over to my house 
I also wanted to throw in a clip um, because I did mention it was supported by remixes of the uh, Everyday Glow mix. Because this is the one that got big in the club, so I'm going to roll a clip of that here. And also, can we talk about Jade's gold onesie and keytar that she has in the video? <laughs> because, hell yes. I'm kind of into that. I, I did enjoy that. Just wanted to also touch on counting the rosaries from this record. Um, love this Love this track. I cannot with this song um this is we like differ here they get kind of trip hoppy with this yeah i mean it's it's not like terrible terrible but i'm just like this is not what i'm in for i can't get into that yeah i could do without the uh hosanna chant from ted oh, in the beginning God. yeah i don't oh. i just i don't like religious imagery for no purpose other than to be edgy and i think that that's kind of what they did a couple of times my cat is just really freaking out right now about book of love <laughs> Um, also, just worth noting, for whatever reason, this is the first time we get a Lauren Roselli writing credit on one of their singles. Oh, take that. So Book of Love, uh, to date, has only released one more album. Um, that would be 1993's Love Bubble, um, which they kicked out of the gate with a single called Boy Pop. Uh, I need someone to bottle this up and just, like, give me a needle so I can just inject this straight <laughs> into my veins. Yeah, this is very you. I love this song. Like, yep. synth bass can just come at me. It is an ode to the gays. It's cold outside. Let me just cuddle up in that synth-based blanket. <laughs> like, it's, uh, oh, God, I love it so much. It's so good. Yep, this is a good one. Uh, number four hit. So that would have been their biggest hit to date. Number four hit on the dance charts in the United States. <laughs> I can't Again with, with my cat. cat. <laughs> I'm just going to briefly mention also, they had a, a great song called Honey Honey um, and Chatterbox. It was a double A-side single they released off of that album. And uh, Chatterbox, notable because Jade does the lead vocals on it, which is a mm. rare thing. Um, so this is kind of where Book of Love disbands, more or less. Um, they uh, the, Ted mentioned in an interview that there kind of was not really a place for synth pop in the 90s alt scene. And he's right, because in the 80s, if you were alt, you could still be electronic. And that just kind of wasn't the case in the 90s. You were you were like trip hop, maybe, yeah. um, or you were something like Enigma. But that's, you know, alternative really kind of meant rock. Yeah. And they didn't, you know, they just, they wanted to keep doing their own thing and being alt. And I, you know, I got to hand it to them. They never, they stayed true to who they were. And also worth noting, um... We didn't go through any crazy lineup changes. There it was just it was the same four thing. of them. It was the same four of them all through uh, all four albums, um, which I I just love. Book of Love had an interesting opportunity to kind of grow into the '90s, and they didn't because mm -hmm. I think that if they had 
really kind of embraced the goth thing a little bit more and yeah. done something like Enigma or I, I don't know, like I could have seen them having a bit more success into the 90s. Yeah, uh, I as don't know they if I would have liked it as much, but I mean, yeah, it's... I'd, but again, I don't know if it was it would have been as true to them as yeah, artists. That's very true. So I respect what they did do. Um, I, I do want to play one more little clip here because Ted and Lauren, um, half of Book of Love, kind of reformed around 2007, eight, somewhere in there and uh, did an EP as the Myrmidons. And they released this single called Clap, See the Stars, which was okay. It was like, that's, it was pretty, just a straightforward, like, 60s jangle pop song. But there was this great track on the EP called My Favorite that I was just super into. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, it's so mid-2000s college radio. It really that is. That it nearly caused my death. Um, that is exactly what it was. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. It wasn't really my thing. Oh, it might have been my thing back then. I don't know. It's not certainly not my thing now. But I mean, it's I mean, it's a good little song. It's fun. It just sounds very college radio. You're my favorite. You're my favorite. You're my favorite. I still love you, even though you no So after Book of Love, Ted and Susan both um, remained kind of musical, right? So Ted did uh, a bunch of remixes. He kind of got into the remix game, including one that he did of Landslide by Fleetwood Mac, which is just super weird to me. Um, <laughs> Susan uh, continued singing for a bunch of other projects and then ended up going to cooking school. <laughs> okay. um, Lauren went into acting. Um, she has credits in the movies Philadelphia and Beloved, among others. Hmm. And Jade became a graphic designer. Um, they have reformed a few times and played shows here and there. They did yep. like a 30th anniversary reunion tour last year, which I didn't know about. And I totally would have traveled somewhere to go see them. But again, it was all four of them, all the original members mm -hmm. all there. And they're still just as adorable. They have a show this Sunday I saw on Spotify in Orlando. Well, by the time this airs, they had a show two, <laughs> three weeks ago. <laughs> but yeah, I saw that and I was like, oh, that'd be fun. But yeah, and like I said, they... They did a few shows with Erasure back a couple years ago, which would have been cool because they're very similar to me. They have some very similar aspects. Yeah, I, I can see that. Erasure is, I think Erasure is lighter than Book of oh, Love. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, Erasure has some darker moments, sure. too, where they're very similar. It's an interesting I mean, yeah. comparison. Mm -hmm. um, their website is bookoflovemusic.com if you want to check it out, see some current photos of them. And I'm pretty sure you can buy most of their music there. And uh, all of their good music, um, I think all four of their albums are all on Spotify, too. So yeah. listen to them. They're, they're worth checking out. Um, yeah, I, I love Book of Love. Not much else to say, except I just I love these guys. I love I love what they did. To. They're fun. They're good background music, no matter what you're doing. You can contact us on our website, which is offbeattrackscast.com. And you can tweet us on the Twitter at Offbeat Tracks. Yeah. So hit us up. Tell us what you've been listening to and uh, what you used to listen to. And maybe we'll do an episode about it. Eh? Yeah. A? Eh? Right. Are you are we Canadian now? Like, what is that? I didn't say a. Eh? I just was like, eh. Like There's a difference. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm going to go contemplate that and <laughs> figure out why my cat won't stop running through the room. <laughs> Until next time, I'm Max. I'm Danielle. See ya. See ya.